Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! And welcome back to Joygasm, where we talk about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and joining me is someone who needs no introduction, Steve, Xbox Live Steve Mitch, as we blast into episode 47 with Guns A-Blazin' today, November 19th, 2017. To get the most out of Joygasm, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on joygasm.tv and soundcloud.com slash joygasmtv. Also, for exclusive access and some sweet goodies, check us out at patreon.com slash joygasm. And no matter which platform you use to enjoy the show, please drop us a subscription, thumbs up, or a review. It helps us build awareness, which we appreciate very much. On today's episode, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. We are going to focus on Netflix's Punisher episode one and do a nice little impression slash review of that. And then we'll hop right over to the review of Wolfenstein 2. But before we do that, Steve, how you doing? Russ, seems like the month of November. Is uh, hopscotch its way on through pretty quick. It is going extremely fast. Actually, this whole year is going by super fast. Mm, I think it is. It, typically, like the years kind of drag on for me personally. This is one of the years where I can honestly say, like from the get go, I was just constantly marveling at just how fast everything is going. Mm. It's just beyond me. I think it's because just as the schedule picks up, especially doing Joygasm, I mean. It's just amazing how here we are. We're, we're kind of in the mid-November, almost late November. And after that, there's one more month. And then we kiss 2017 goodbye. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah, it seemed like 2017 just got here. And we were just watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and starting the podcast. And now we're nearly a year down. I know. Yes, indeed. Time waits for no man <laughs> or woman. Time's merciless. Time just likes to march on, doesn't it? <laughs> and time likes to punish. Oh, oh snap. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been playing slash watching there? Well, Steve? Russ, the only game I've been playing is... Let me uh, guess. Forza. No. Oh, well... What is it? Uh, I went back to uh, play a little Halo uh, Master Chief collection. Oh, wow. A little MCC. And uh, I, I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it. But I, I still do not enjoy Halo 4. And you have let, yet to, to let me borrow 
Halo 5. Um, you can borrow it anytime. I thought you weren't interested, though, because you uh, weren't liking... You, you said you didn't dig Halo 4. Yeah, I didn't. And then Halo 5, as you well know, while while watching me, you mm. were kind of like, yeah, not too sure I might give it a shot. I don't but know. you're welcome to borrow it. The thing is that 343 did an amazing job on the Master Chief Collection. Mm. And it's and, and I showed it to you once. Mm-hmm. I should just pick you up a copy, Ross, because you definitely deserve to play through it. And I do deserve it. You I do. am deserving. Thank you, Steve. Uh, now, the one of the, the one of the main things about the game because you mentioned it you, you, the other day, well, <laughs> the other month. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned it the other year, the other decade. That it wasn't up to par with some of the Xbox One graphics. It's more like an Xbox. 360 or, or an Xbox One enhanced version of a 360 game, I think is what you, borderline about what you said about it. I, I can't remember, but okay. I remember because I was hurt by it. Got like steel trap, this Man. guy. So it, uh, going back, yeah, it does, it's not up to par with some of the later games, of course, because. Is it the, under par? Uh, uh, oh! Man. <laughs> uh, so anyhow. A lot of the textures are very good, and the details in the game, uh, you can really zoom up on them, and they did a great job. And the sound effects in the chorus is very well done, mm. uh, and how you can flip back and forth between the old game and uh, this version. I do need to take a look at that. I, I remember seeing just brief glimpses of how you can go back and forth, and that is something that I've always appreciated. And the thing is, mostly with with the sound effects of all the firearms and the... And the and the, I was about to say the movie, uh, in the game. <laughs> now, they did actually go out and sample certain firearms in, uh, in real life to, oh, yeah. to sample, like yeah. for sure. I, I watched a little background on it, and it sounds amazing. Right. So when I say, uh, like Destiny 2, for example, about how some of the sound effects don't have that girth and that power, and, and you play Halo Master Chief Collection, at least Halo 2 for sure, mm. and they're, they're the revision of it, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about because all the guns sound good in it. Even the little, the little pistol sounds good. The 50 cal sniper sounds good. Everything sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, I remember a lot of the, the sound effects in Halo were just spot on. But this one is spot on and then some, Russ. Oh. So that's about all I've been playing. Watching, on the other hand. Is it so spot on, it's on spot? Uh, I'll, I don't think that really worked, Russ. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm not, I don't think it worked. Really I'm going to go back in my yeah. hole. Yeah, moving on. So you'll be happy to know <laughs> that I began watching Stranger Things. Praise the Lord. So I am about four or five seasons in. I'm, Four I'm, or five seasons no, in. That's really agree. impressive yeah, considering yeah, there are only you know two what? seasons that have been released. Uh, you know, Russ, it's freaking <laughs> freaking midnight right now, so my brain's a little bit turned off. I'm sorry. Yeah. I believe the word into- you are hunting for is episode. Uh, I've actually seen Into the Future. and I, That's no, impressive. Yeah. I was going to say, my goodness. <laughs> I, I can review all the upcoming seasons, matter of fact. Can you please give me some spoilers <laughs> into season four and five? It'd be great. Uh, so... I'm right. Where, well, should, should I just tell you where I'm at? Well, you're in season one. I, I know, but just I got, about everybody in the world, except for you, right. has already okay, seen so it. So I'm go ahead. Go ahead. So uh, they have the uh, girl with the shade, the, the, the shaved head. Uh huh. And she was gonna. She leave. goes by eleven. Eleven, right? Uh, and the long uh, yellow t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and she was gonna tell him where the the lost friend is. 
that's supposedly alive that's communicating with the mom through the lights and everything. And I believe that would be Will. Yeah. 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 I'm still looking. I'm still I'm trying to memorize everybody's <laughs> names. It's kind of no. It's totally cool. That's uh, why I'm here to help you. So, uh, so then she. The final part where I'm at is the cop, yeah, who's great by the way. Yeah. Uh, he he he's he's. Uh huh. Mm. Anyhow, uh, so they've they he seems like he he's discovered some leads that he wants to follow up on, mm-hmm. and then he gets called towards this lake. And then they think they find him, or at least they pull him out. And then they all say like, "Oh yeah, that's Will or Mikey or whatever his name is." Or, um, and so that's exactly Ryan. That's where the, that I know the one is. you're talking so, about. I don't yep. know if that's four or five, but I, I, it's around there someplace. Uh-huh. So uh, I do like it. It's it's innocent enough that it's not gonna you know, keep me up with my heart pumping, right? Uh, but at the same time, it feels very Spielbergy. Uh huh. I'm trying to think of Super Eight. That's what it's called. Isn't it called Super, Super Eight? Oh, that's a J.J. Abrams film. No, okay, what, what about but it? But J.J. made that film as kind of an homage to Steven Spielberg's style of okay. filmmaking. Yeah, so that's what it kind of feels like. Mm. Uh, I was trying to, all week to, to 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 think of what that movie was called. It just came to me. Uh, so anyhow, I've been trying to space them out so I don't overload myself yeah. with Stranger Things. Uh, so before it gets too strange, before it gets too strange. I do like the music. I do like the story, and I do like the cast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it. it the The music is kind of funny because it sounds a little bit like Tron and total eighties, dude. Total yeah, it's, synthesized eighties goodness. But it's almost like modern synthesized in a way. A little bit. Yeah. Anyhow, um, I think it's actually one of Winona Ryder's best performances I've ever seen. Like, yeah. like especially as, as you get farther into that season, and she just gets more and more freaked out and everything yeah. else. I mean. It's it's palpable at times where where you just you, she really does convey that terrified mother trying to help her son kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, you're you're in for a treat. It's funny because I haven't seen Winona in a movie in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I remember her in Beetlejuice back in the day. Oh yeah, being a you know however old she junior high little girl you know high school whatever how old she was in that movie. And then I see her as a mom in this one. Man, uh-huh. I'm thinking, man, everyone grows up, you know, yeah. everyone changes and wow, good grief. So anyhow, I'm, I'm there and I'll be caught up to you pretty soon. I'm happy to hear that. And so, yeah, so we'll, we'll I'll soon get on par that we can continue yeah. on, on, on season dos. I've always thought of Stranger Things as, as it's kind of a mashup between Goonies meets E.T. meets X-Files. That's always been kind of the the overall vibe that I get from yeah. the show. And you, as you go forward with that, um, you may see some of those kind of nods or inklings. Um, and especially when you get into season two as well. I mean, it's 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 a lot of fun. I mean, it's to me, it's just so fun to see a, a show that re- that takes place in the eighties. Yeah, it just you know the stuff you could tell they did their homework on everything. Even the 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 title sequence at the beginning is total eighties. Just, just the way the, yeah. the font looks and and the way things are moving, the animation of everything, and like when the uh, the title comes in, and all of a sudden it like fades from the the title color to like the actual opening scene. Yeah, total eighties. The boyfriend of one of the girls in the show, I think his name is Steve or Steven. Okay, reminds me of someone in high school. He he has that like that kind of. Uh, it's it's he's like the popular nerd 
he's not he's not he's not the jock, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of um, ah. Is, uh, is I, he the guy who likes Nancy in in the? I can't. I'm horrible with names, but it's it's the very in, yeah. Well, it has to be Nancy. It, it's she's like the main beyond eleven. She's like the main chick. Yeah, yeah. Who looks very sweet, by the way, in the film or in the film in the show. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, it, it, it's Steve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I knew someone just like him in high school. I swear, <laughs> man. <laughs> Anyhow, very well well scripted, and I like the chemistry between all the the, the buddies, uh-huh. and they all have like these different minds. It's like they all think the oh, same yeah. thing, but their personalities are all very strong. Yeah, yeah. All all the kids, all four of them, uh, the the four main boys anyway, yeah. uh, just have terrific chemistry, and just watching them as they try and unravel what's going on and stuff, yeah. it's just great. Yeah. So then I watched uh, Snowden. Oh, and there's there's two versions of the movie. There's the Hollywood version, and then there's the documentary version. Mm-hmm. The documentary version, which is actually going to come in my in the mail uh, pretty soon, <laughs> which is called Citizen Four. So basically, what happened is when Snowden escaped, uh, or right before he escaped, he uh, had an interview with the Guardian about everything that had transpired, mm-hmm. and so the documentary Citizen Four is literally that interview. And this movie, Snowden is what they made from all the, the, the interview it shows kind of the past, what came, what transpired his history and whatnot. And it's actually really well done. It's well put together. Oh, so I would definitely, you know, who's in it is Nick, Nick Cage is in it. Nicholas Cage. Oh my gosh. Okay. And he's not bad either. You know how Nicholas Cage is kind of a dork and a lot of his movies. Are like, okay. Well, whatever yeah. Yeah. Uh, going 60 seconds. He, he's not so in this film. He, he plays a small bit role, but it's a good role. So you might want to check that one out. And then uh, I was eh, highly anticipating uh, The Punisher coming out, which it did this weekend. So I'm a few episodes beyond you, which I told you earlier. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to uh, hashing it out with you because we just saw it. We did. Yeah, we just, we, saw we episode just one. watched episode one before we started this podcast. And I even tempted you to watch episode two, but it's getting a little bit late over here. It is indeed. But that just how, actually, how many uh, episodes are there in this season? I didn't look. I see how many there were. Okay, so I'm guessing there's because we need to make eight. it last. We can't just like binge watch it and then I might just binge watch it. Oh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't leave that man. <laughs> Maybe I'll try to put it on the shelf and then catch up with you on. Yeah, you want here. You focus on Stranger Things, get caught up, and then you and I can just get together and, and watch each episode of The Punisher. There you go. Oh, uh, as you well know, it was my daughter's birthday. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> so we spent quite a bit of time preparing for that, especially my lovely wife. Mm. She always goes to town. She always likes doing those arts and crafts things mm. uh, when it comes to to her birthday, and she never fails to impress. This time, it was all based around a bee theme, like a bumblebee theme. Buzz, 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 buzz. And so she had all of these these great ideas regarding balloons. I didn't even know she knew how to like. I guess the best way to describe it is like you know if you go to like a carnival or you go to some sort of party, there's always like someone who knows how to make those cool balloon things where like they like <laughs> they twist and bend and somehow like 
like contort these, these <laughs> elongated <laughs> balloons into something. And, and you see him like doing all these crazy hand gestures and all of a sudden it's like, Oh look, it's a goose. And it's yeah. just like, how on earth did you do that? I don't know if she already knew how to do that or not. I have a feeling she actually taught herself how to do it before she did it for this birthday, which <laughs> is pretty freaking impressive considering what she actually came up with. And so it was really cool to like be able to see all the, the decorations and stuff around the house get built up. And of course, seeing the look on my daughter's face when she woke up and she came out and seeing uh, this kind of... Uh, bumblebee themed uh, wonderland of balloons <laughs> come to life. I, th I thought that was really cool. So um, there was that going on. And um, so as a result, I didn't get to do as much game playing or movie watching as I normally do. I can say though, that I was watching quite a bit of stranger things season two. I think we're, we only have about three episodes left oh, before great. we're officially caught up with that. Not a couch potato at all week. <laughs> well, it's Thanksgiving coming up. So yeah, there'll be some time. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing is I think it's good that, that, you know, it's better late than never with stranger things because they will obviously do a season three. And at that point, then we'll be in sync to be able to move forward with that. So, but without giving any spoilers away, um, season two, it definitely is interesting that there are some, some different approaches to things. And like I said, I don't want to like, you know, I'm give sitting you, right here. Yeah. I don't want to give you, you know, any, any detail more than you deserve, but yeah, other than that, I was playing Wolfenstein two and just from a high level perspective, great game, just, just a great game. I was able to beat it. And later on in this episode, um, we'll be able to talk a bit more just about the overall game playing experience and that sort of thing. So, yeah, mm. that's that, that's I think that's just about what I've been up to lately. It's funny when I came over here a little while ago to uh, have dinner with you with you guys with y'all, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I saw the balloons in different forms, like flowers and stuff. Huh? Uh -huh. I thought, huh, maybe they, uh, you know, saw somebody in their outing, you know, and they're weekend together. Maybe they saw a little balloon tire up or whatever mm -hmm. shaper. And so I thought, okay, whatever, kind of just passed it off. And then I came in for the birth and I'm thinking, man, <laughs> someone went to town on the balloons. <laughs> I mean, it was just, <laughs> it was everywhere. <laughs> you know, in a way, I'm kind of <laughs> jealous because, like, I never got that when I was a kid. Like, when it was my birthday, I was like, oh, hey, here's your cake. Here's a present. You'll be up. Like, it's just amazing. Like, like just walking out and be like, man. And then just, you know, obviously my daughter, she just turned three, the, the tender age of three. But you know, she's going to remember every single detail for the rest of her life. Well, hopefully so. <laughs> I mean, I, I know for me, just, just the, the you know, each year she comes up, my wife comes up with something completely different, a brand new theme. And she um, has kind of a, an overarching approach to it. And so it's fun just to be able to see, okay, what is she going to come up with next year? So I'm glad that you digged it when you come over. It's always fun too, to have uh, the family come by and see you guys uh, look around and have your reactions go, man. Well, I'd like to see your reaction because uh, you gave me the camera to walk around a little bit with. So um, I got to carry that thing around. And Moonlight uh, as a videographer. Hopefully I got some good material for you there, Ron. I'm sure you did. I'll take a little look-see when I have some time. <laughs> now you're zoomed way up my nose. Why yeah. did you do that? <laughs> you cut off the top half of my face. Why are you focusing like, on my butt chin? <laughs> for like 10 minutes is all that is, is butt chin right there. <laughs> oh, uh, well, 
It reminds me of like like when our dad was we got his first uh, video cam recorder back in the eighties. You know, we're like, you remember like it, like he had to carry like the unit on his like he had to carry it on his shoulder. So it was like in this weird yeah. strap like satchel suitcase man yeah. purse thing. And then he had like you know it was hooked up to the camera here. It was like this like mobile studio or whatever. Yeah, it was like a battery backup or something. I don't know what that was. I have no idea, but it was so funny because like. There were times where like we'd be playing back the footage that he took, and every times where he forgot that like it was still recording, so we just had nothing but like the ground for like five minutes straight. And we're, like you hear people talking, but you're like, um, would be nice to see yeah. uh, what uh, the heck was going on. Fast forward, <laughs> I think those things had to fit a VHS tape, and then some all the gears and stuff to work it though. Yeah. So that's why it was so ginormous. Well, I say let us go into the Punisher. Episode one. I've got to say, and, and see, um, you have you already saw this, so you came over. This is this was your second outing. I take hmm. it. Okay, so uh, he he has a bit more of the uh, digested perspective. Where for me, it is literally fresh. Just like whoa, I just saw it. <laughs> I've got to say. I am really impressed with this. I know that we were both very much excited when we saw the trailer. When it came out, we're like, whoa, this looks legit. And sitting down, I mean, once again, Netflix has just completely hit it out of the park. They, they have the secret sauce over there where they're able to take certain licenses or IPs or whatnot. And um, it's just incredible like what they're able to do with them. And in, in terms of the Punisher, I think what's great about it is that once again, like they they didn't castrate the the IP. Like they they really understood, hey, this is this is a brutal comic book that we're yeah. basing the show off of. Yeah. We cannot skimp on that that part. But also at the same time, they didn't make it gratuitous either. Like it wasn't like something where you would be watching it and you're just thinking to yourself, oh, look at all that blood coming at you. Oh, look at all these gun shots and stuff. You know, they did it in a way where he was very relatable as a character, not so much um, as if like I could look at it and think, oh, I, I you know, I, I have been there with him kind of thing. But more along lines where you, you do feel sympathetic toward his character and they present his character in such a way where they instead of just skimming over like his origins of how he came to be the Punisher, like they, they really do just spend that time um, going into that and just, just doling out little by little, just what happened. And of course, you know, us comic book nerds out there, we already know what happened, but just seeing it from this cinematic standpoint, I know for myself, I, I really, I really did appreciate that more mature approach to the content and then, I, I mean, I for one cannot wait to, to continue going on with the, the future episodes. But yeah, just 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 out the gate, I'm I'm floored. Yeah, they. It seems as if they expect anyone who's going to watch already knows the the story of Frank Castle. If if you're if you're excited to see the Punisher, you already kind of know what's up, and they yeah. don't they don't want to rewrite the story or redo the movie that happened before. The two uh, movies that came before. There was there two of them? Yeah, they I, had two I, different actors. I saw one of them. I think it wasn't John Travolta, the, the villain in the movie. That was, I think, the first one. I th that, that's the one that I saw. Okay. Uh, which the the actor who played Frank Castle actually did a decent job, but there a lot of parts of the movie were just so-so. Right. 
they had to do with constraints and everything like that. Well, but. and I think at the at the time, weren't they? Wasn't the movie rated PG thirteen? I don't think it was a rated R, was it? Uh, it's, uh, I have to look it up. I am yeah. not sure, but uh, so yeah, this movie. Or, I mean, I, I I'm just in the mode to see movies. Rush this show. <laughs> It feels like it feels like a movie. I mean, ne- the production's great that Netflix gave it uh, the Punisher on on this one, but yeah, it's he's a very relatable character. He's not a superhero by a long shot. Oh no, and, I'm wrong. It was rated R. Rated Continue. R. Okay, that's that's yeah. I, it would have to be rated PG-13. That'd be crazy. Yeah, for some reason I thought it was PG-13, and that was one of the issues I had with it. But never mind. So, yeah, when you think of Marvel, you think of superheroes. Uh, or mutants or whatever, but this is just a regular guy. Right. And you feel his emptiness. Mm-hmm. You feel his despair. And you can tell Netflix is also really building this foundation. Like they, they, this might be a series that will carry a while. I, I mean, just based off the first episode I've seen, I really hope that they do. Yeah. And, it, but it feels rewarding to have them dole it out. I mean, yeah, all these characters, there are di- that their dialogue is very well scripted mm-hmm. and you can tell the chemistry. You can start to see who Frank has as, as a friend or uh, has history with. Uh, and when you start watching the other episodes, you'll, you'll see that too. And he's, he, man, he, he, it's funny cause he's just, he's a guy who has a special set of skills. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so anyhow, He's kind of like the rated R version of uh, Casey Jones from TMNT. You know, he's, <laughs> you promised me I was going to be able to break something. I love it. We're going to have to watch. Oh, man. I told you last time I got to do an episode on just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to put that in a future episode. But yeah, I, one of my favorite scenes out of this particular episode was when he stopped by that, um, I don't know what you call it, but it's, it's that the kind of a, a, a soldier uh, group that like who, you know, folks who were in the military who had post-traumatic like, stress like, disorder, yeah, PTSD, PTSD. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, ha- having those kind of group sessions where they're able to vent out kind of their, their inner demons that they're having to contend with and that sort of thing, kind of in that, that support environment. I really like that scene a lot. Just once again, the the way they approached it, it wasn't sensationalized. Right. It, it wasn't something that was like really political or anything. Yep. Like, I mean, it was just you could tell that these guys had gone through some sort of horrific ordeal in their own personal ways. And the way that they presented that along with Frank coming in and not even being a part of the group, but he he was a part of the group by standing outside of the the, the room there. It just it really spoke volumes, and then him coming in and talking to the um, the guy who was who's leading the the group session, all of it was just very authentic. It was yep. it, you could really once again like I I I can, I can relate to it on a human level, like like in terms of of, of a relationship of of being able to identify. Hey, there are people out in the world who, for whatever reason have experienced real pain, real loss and that sort of thing. But I feel compelled to want to like reach out to them and just, just give them some semblance of support. Not, and again, not that I have been to where they've been before, but I just, I really like seeing those types of of scenes. And um, so I, I found myself really enjoying that quite a bit. And I mean, John Bernthal 
I knew from the from the trailer, like just just seeing him going, I'm thinking, oh, I think he's gonna make a really good Punisher. And just after just one episode, it's like, yeah, it's no brainer. It's amazing. I was a big fan of his when I watched him on The Walking Dead because he also just he had that that intensity about him, and it was just such a pleasure to see him as Frank Castle in in The Punisher. I mean, it's just it's such a hand meat glove <laughs> situation. When they when that scene came on, I thought, oh, they're going to get political. Please, no, don't get political. <laughs> you know, I we try and stay away from politics. We, we want to give a entertainment outlet for everybody just to get out of, get out of all the Facebook neg- negativity, you yeah. know? And so when that scene came on, I thought, man, this can go one of two ways, man, please don't go the other way. Please go the way I want it to go. And they, and they, and they went the way they should have gone, which yeah. is, thank you so much. <laughs> you know, who's in it? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you know this, Fred. The scene uh, with, uh, when, when the two ladies are drinking wine. Mm-hmm. Did you recognize the mother? I recognize the actress, but I couldn't place her. So uh, she, uh, I'm going to butcher this. Shohra uh, <laughs> Agdashlu. Let me see it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, her voice is more recognizable than I think she is as, as an actress because yeah. she, I recognize her from uh, the stoning of of uh, Soraya. Shore Agdashlu. Something like that. People get it. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah. But I, I've seen her in something else. Yeah. Well, yeah, she, her voice anyway, and I don't know, I, I forgot, but they may have modeled her face, but she was in Mass Effect 2, Ross. Which character? Mm, the uh, Admiral, and they cut it off. Admiral Shia. Admiral, <laughs> Admiral Shia Ron Vaz something. I do not remember that. She was in Mass Effect 2, and she's also in Mass Effect 3. And she's also in <laughs> Destiny Dose. There you go. Well, I've seen her in a film, though. I mean, she, oh, yeah, she's, well, she's been, been in pretty a lot, a lot of films, Ross. Good grief. Let me see that. Oh, here you Let go. Me see yeah, why don't you take a little look over that one? Let's take a little look here. But yeah, um, she, she, I remember her, and and uh, it's actually a pretty rough independent film of um, the in the Middle East. It was the stoning of Sarai M. And she, well, who else is in that movie? I think Jim Caviezel's in it also. That mm. was crazy. But uh, yeah, she has a very recognizable voice. Let's see, Destiny Two, The Promise, Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, I, 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 I do uh, not remember. I totally have seen her in something, and uh, yeah, I'm going through her her filmography with the the acting roles, and I'm not. No, maybe maybe it is based in the video games that I've played. Because I know I love me some Mass Effect. I know you do. That's why I brought it up. Well, anyway. Can I have my phone back? Thank you. Yes, you can have your phone back. Here you go. I'm very possessive. <laughs> there, another scene that was really just uh, shocking was just the, the slow reveal of the dream, the reoccurring dream that he kept having where his wife was waking him up. And you could just see how that was torturing him on a day in and day out basis. 
And once again, going back to that doling out um, approach, it was interesting too how like we finally, and I suppose I suppose we should let folks know that that uh, this <laughs> this whole review we we are talking about spoilers. So if you haven't seen this the show, then you should probably wait unless you don't care. And then we'll you know by all means keep listening. <laughs> hey. But anyway, um, seeing this this dream, this reoccurring dream go over and over, and, and each time that he has it, we get to see just a little bit more of it, a little bit more of it, a little bit more of it, until all of a sudden you see you have this, this um, horrifying realization that it's a dream where it's essentially the memory of his wife getting murdered in front of his eyes. I mean, it's just, it's just, ugh, it's just terrible. And I'm sure that they'll continue on with that in, in future episodes showing how his kids were taken from him and that sort of thing. But um, again, the just the the way that, that they decided to approach that, is, I mean, it's just so well done. His wife, I think I mentioned to you when we were watching the show, just looks like happiness. When she comes in there, you know, I have, as I have, opposed to his wife coming in like a nag. Yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say you could sleep. Get I up. told you to take out the trash. Yeah. Come on. If I don't sleep, you don't sleep. Yeah. Get your butt up. Like, <laughs> Starts kicking man. his foot. Man, this is my life. <laughs> uh, how do we get here? Uh, so <laughs> anyhow, you know, I have a, a, a pet peeve, which is, I am such a light, sensitive sleeper mm. that if I actually am asleep and people go, hey, wake up, you know. Princess in the pee that's over here. right. Proud of it. Well, actually, I'm not, but it's the truth. Anyhow, so I hate when people wake me up. Like, oh, they shake you and they go, hey, hey, wake up, wake up. I go, oh, man, I was sleeping. I finally got to sleep. And you see her come in there and she goes, hey, you know, she kisses him, wakes him up with a little smile, like a kid, right, kisses him on the bridge of his nose and stuff. Oh, man, that's so nice. It's just so nice. Yeah, that's definitely the quintessential fantasy that all men hope for, yeah. that whether they're women folk will uh, wake them up that way. and Smiles and kisses. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What's my Russ? You haven't gotten your smiles and kisses in a while? Mm. I'm going to plead the fifth on yeah. that one. <laughs> Uh, you got a bucket of cold water on you. <laughs> Get up, you good for nothing bum. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's see. What so what other scenes that, that did you really like from episode one? I liked how Donnie came up to spend some time with him. You can tell Donnie's looking for a friend and uh, getting some wrong influences and saw something in uh-huh. Mr. Castle. And I, I, they had a connection, but Frank is so far disconnected that, you know, he doesn't want no, he's not making friends. Well, he's just, he's like I said earlier, he's battling his inner demons. I mean, like, like that's the thing is like, he's cognizant of what's going on around him, but he's just, he's tortured on a daily basis. And so, yeah, I, I think that that was also, um, a really nice approach to episode one of just showing just this. You know, it's just just a supportive character that comes in is not. I don't think is going to be staying around. Yeah. But um, looking at, at a character from an innocent standpoint, we're like that. This person has a little bit of baggage. There are some commonalities there when he talked about losing his parents and that sort of thing. But ultimately, he's kind of going back and forth between just trying to belong right. in this new job. Yeah. And I also like how they put Frank. Uh, doing demolition 
old school style. Yeah. <laughs> with the sledgehammer busting down those walls because mm-hmm. it, it's symbolic. You have, you can't bring your family back. You can't bring the past back. You yeah. just have to fight it. And, he, and, and this raw anger energy has to be channeled somewhere. And a lot of it's controlled through your mind and, you, and you're, you know, he's busting down the wall. He's spending entire days busting down concrete walls, staring off into space. And that's the only thing he can do. He's probably doing the, 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 the least wanted job in that construction field. <laughs> you know, everyone else is probably like, you know, working jackhammers and, and, and power saws and, and oh, sure. nail guns and whatnot. And he's just plowing through sledgehammer, you know, concrete walls. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just symbolic anyway. Well, and also too, just I love after a hard day's work, we see his hands and he just has the worst looking calluses and blisters and stuff just on there. We I mean, one of the, the scenes that just made a lasting impression on me was after his day of working, he drops the sledgehammer and you see the areas where his hands were holding the sledgehammer itself and they were just, you know, just splattered in his own blood because he's just been yeah. going nonstop <clears throat> for, for hours. who knows. Yeah. yeah, hours on hours. No um, no gloves either. This is not, you know, he's not wearing right. any gloves. It's, it's skin on wood all day long. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, and that just, once again, that just plays right into more of that, that raw quality of, of the movie where they really. Gosh, man, they, they, they just, they, everything was so well thought out. Yeah. You're, uh, you're left at the end with, oh man, this is going to be good. Yeah. I want to, <laughs> I want to watch the next one. Yeah. I, I really also appreciated the cinematography in the show as well. I mean, ju- just, uh, you could tell that they'd used a lot of shallow depth of field with, especially with, with Frank. And it was done in certain ways that that made certain scenes more intimate, but also made other scenes more claustrophobic. Like like he was just once again um, just sur- surrounded by the tortures of what happened to him and, and his family. And so it's neat to see that um, that storytelling component be used in different ways to, to help enhance whatever the emotion is for that particular scene. And it was just it was great. And just overall, I mean, the, there were a lot of great framed shots in there too, where where it definitely has more of that graphic novel approach. I mean, I, I for one really digged it. But yeah, getting back to what you're talking about with the way that the the episode ended, it was so gratifying. Yeah, it was so. I mean, just justice served up cold. <laughs> Civilian justice. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I mean, it's just, just the way that 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 whole thing ended. I, I, I gotta say, I, I am just ecstatic for yeah. this this show. I mean, it's it's crazy how like you know I'll be wrapping up Stranger Things, and then I'll just be hitting this thing full tilt. But I have. Several other shows, too, that I need to, to watch overall. But, I mean, just looking at... And, again, you've seen... How many episodes are you in? I'm about... I'm a, I'm definitely three in. I might be the fourth. And I start, I start not paying attention. Next, next, <laughs> next. Now, did you do that just because you like you're, you just yeah. couldn't wait to see what happened yeah. next? Yeah. Yeah. Is it one of your favorite shows that you've seen this year? Yeah. Well, I haven't watched that many shows. I've watched more movies than shows, but yeah, this, I I would say this is on the top of the radar. Yeah, man. Most of the shows I've been watching, I've been been dabbling in going, eh, there's enough curiosity to keep me going. So I'll keep watching it. Yeah, sure. But 
nothing I would want to talk about on a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For minutes upon minutes. Yeah. Well, I think it goes without saying. I mean, we're, we're both going to be <laughs> just pleased as punch yeah. when it comes to looking at these, these future episodes and we'll have to give more impressions as we go along. Did you know, did you, or did you know, did you see on the more, you know, <laughs> the more, you know, on Netflix, how they have a skip intro button when you're streaming. Yeah. I haven't noticed that before. I noticed that with Narcos, the later season. Of oh, Narcos love watched, me some but Narcos. But that's pretty good. That's another one. I haven't seen the latest I season. I know. Of. So you got to watch uh, Narcos. Narcos. But the beginning of the, of the show. It's be in. <laughs> the, beginning of, <laughs> the beginning of the show is pretty well done, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, again, yeah. Netflix. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just every original series I've seen from Netflix has been fantastic. And we were even, well, I, I forgot the title of the show, but we right, right when you loaded up Netflix, it came up with a show we hadn't watched yet. And then we're like, hey, that oh, looks kind of yeah. good. I, what was it called again? I don't know. I was hoping you would have just put it on your list so I would remember <laughs> oh, it. crap. I can't remember. Go search through the entire library it was like of Netflix some sort originals. Of country, Western. Yeah. But kind of old, not not like way old Western. But, but what was crazy is like, it was, it was like, you had a final season. And we're like, like wait, how long wait, has this what? thing been out? Yeah, I, I, I didn't, didn't even know this existed. Yeah. You know, Netflix is putting out all these animes too. I mean, not even like, not Castlevania style, but total anime yeah. they're doing. They got yeah. a little bit of something for everybody in there. There's only so many hours in the day, Steve. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm no longer 15 years old where I have all this time. <laughs> for those of you who are 15 though, lucky you. <laughs> So let's segue, or if you prefer, let's pivot <laughs> um, over to Wolfenstein 2. I beat this game last week on the Bring 'em On difficulty. Um, I thought it was it was important to say that because the last episode we were talking about how like I was kind of going all over the place with the difficulty level. Initially, I had started out with, I think it was the difficulty level that was two down from the hardest. And then I reached that one point where I couldn't pass it. So that I, I literally went down to the, the easiest level possible, which I, I don't know. They call it something like Goo Goo Gaga Daddy or <laughs> who's, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I got past it and then ratcheted the difficulty back up and, and I left it at Bring Him On. Um, or is that one when you were in that courthouse? No. Oh. That was, that was, no, I, I, I beat the courthouse Man. sequence on the bring them on difficulty. No, I was on that other scene where I had to hold off the Nazis from coming in to allow the Nazis, the, the other folks to get on the helicopter <laughs> before the Germans get yeah. here. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it just, I could not for the life of me pass that, that one particular part. And it was interesting I guess I can just, I'll just say it quickly, really. But there are two scenes, or not even really scenes, but sequences in the game that are, I mean, just the AI difficulty just gets ramped up like you wouldn't believe. And the, as a result, they are the two hardest parts of the, of the entire game. One of them has to do with what I just described with, your, you know, you're having to hold off the Nazis. And just, I mean, I must have tried getting past that one part. I remember. So I, I can't even count how many times. Finally, I'm just like, okay, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop playing this game out of frustration because I just cannot pass it. So I and you know, luckily they have in the game the ability to be able to change the, the difficulty on the fly. So I did. The second hardest part of the entire game was what you talk about, where the, it was the courtroom scene. But 
Um, before I, I go too much into detail about that, overall great game. Mm. Just just at a high level, it, it really is amazing when I think of the year 2017 because we really have been given a ton of quality titles across the board, not just with Xbox, but also with the PS4 and with Nintendo Switch. I mean, even with the SNES Classic Mini coming out, I mean, like you just have a tremendous amount of triple A quality games that have come out and they're all just fun to play. I mean, it's just, I, 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 I know that over and over I keep talking about how this is the kind of the golden age of video gaming because there's just, there's literally so many good games. I cannot keep up with all of them, but at the same time, I think that, that it's a bit of a, um, not a bummer, but it's just, it's one of the, the things when, when I think of like game of the year, right? Like you're going to be looking at IGN or, or GameSpot, you know, all the Polygon, Kotaku, whatever. And they'll be doing at the end of the year, they'll be doing their like their, you know, game of the year, honorable mentions, that sort of thing. And unfortunately, I have a feeling that Wolfenstein 2 will probably get overlooked not because it's a bad game, but really because there are just so many other games. I mean, it's it's amazing if you stop to think about how many games have come out. And I think that if if Wolfenstein 2 was, was released on a different year, then they would be um, in the spotlight a bit more to get more of that recognition. But as it stands, like I never played the first Wolfenstein. Um, I had friends who told me about it, who said that I should play it. I never did get around to playing it. So I'm glad I, I jumped in with Wolfenstein too. What's interesting is that the, the graphics themselves, for whatever reason, they kind of remind me of, of call of uh, duty. They have kind of the cod graphics style. It's, it's just, I, I, I'm not sure if they are both using, the same type of game engine or what, but that was something that was a bit interesting as it stands. You know, th this game has no multiplayer. It, it is it's all single player. It is mm. specifically designed as a single That's player good. experience. I like it. And no microtransactions. No, <laughs> no, no microtransactions. Although they, I think they are going to be releasing some DLC. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. We like DLC. Yeah. D DLC makes the world go round. We like the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> we like to blitzkrieg the DLC. But no, it, it's it's a lot. <laughs> it, the game itself, from a story standpoint, wow. Yeah. I know that you weren't here the entire time when I was playing it. You were here for bits and pieces. You did get your, mm -hmm. your opportunity to actually play a bit of it. Yeah. And you watched me play some of it, that sort of thing. But overall, what a gripping storyline. It was just crazy. Must have been all those nights I was waiting to come back over here to play The Evil Within 2, and uh, <laughs> you rescinded your invitation so you could play Wolfenstein. Thanks, Russ. Well, and it was just funny because like, like you were going to come over. Actually, there were times you did come over with the whole expectation of, yeah, we're going to play uh, The Evil Within 2. Because <laughs> we told I, our audience we would. I know, exactly. <laughs> and like I'm sitting here waiting for you to come over as so I'm playing Wolfenstein 2, and then you come over and plop down on the couch, and I'm like, okay, uh, give me just a second. And that second turns into like, you know, three hours or something. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. But man, going back to the story, do you care if I talk about it or do you, do you... Russ, this is the review. You know what? Go right ahead. Okay. I mean, okay. I, I, I've been here for probably half the story. So I do know that a lot. I mean, 
when I was here and I had to go out to take some phone calls, I'd come back in, you'd be going wide-eyed. Man, I just can't believe I saw that. <laughs> what happened? What happened? And then something else was going on. So then I heard a little bit of what about what it was and then yeah. had to move on. So, okay. So just to be fair, once again, uh, spoiler alert. You know, if, if, you, <laughs> if you guys have not played Wolfenstein, you might want to stop the podcast. However, if you have played it, we will move forward and conquer. Um, conquer Schlagen. Conquer <laughs> Wolfenschlagen. So, Jawohl. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, but, but just, just the, the entire thing when it came to the story, I mean, like you start out and you're in a, a wheelchair and you, and you're just, you're, you're just laying waste to these different Nazis that, that are coming your way. Who would have ever thought of that? Like, like you're, you're having to wheel yourself around and like pick up like it's original <laughs> certain guns and just doing what you can. Um, but the whole premise of like, you know, what would happen if the Nazis actually won World War II and they actually occupied the United States during the 1960s um, is a very terrifying but also interesting premise. Like, yeah, how would that look? Like, what what would be going on? Obviously, there would be the re uh, a resistance that would be forming to, to try and get rid of them, that sort of thing. But there were several uh, components to the story that... Man, it just it just made it for just original storytelling. One of which was actually them spending time showing his childhood, and um, you know, in particular, his relationship with his father. That'll be voiced by Glenn Morshower. Yeah, yeah, big fan of his. He was in. Uh, He's in a few Friday, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights, the, the TV show, Transformers One and Two. And two, mm -hmm. uh, he was also in uh, some. I, what's the? I think a season three of Twenty Four. Yeah, I think you're right. He was the he was the president's like head of security. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're big fans of his. Um, but yeah, just it, it was just it it was once again ju just a, a a scenario where I just found my eyeballs just glued to the screen because I just could not believe what was going on what was transpiring in front of me with regards to him being an abusive father an abusive spouse just someone who was just a just real bitter piece of trash you know just it's amazing how they did the visual storytelling where you're literally you know you're you're viewing it in this first person perspective as a, as a boy and then um, coming around full circle as an adult where you're revisiting the house and you're coming up and, and, and you come face to face with your dad again. Um, it's just, it was just gripping. I mean, once again, I mean, you're just looking at it and you're like, my goodness, this is intense. Also, too, there are certain scenes, you know, going um, further into that kind of experience where like you're you're watching these in-game cinematics take place. And instead of, of it being a third person where you're where it's showing Blaskovitz, you're it's actually no, you're looking at it through his eyes. There were certain sequences like when um, you get caught early on in the game and you have the Nazi general who literally, I mean, she's killing your friends in front of you. You have to make a decision. You actually, I don't know if you were here for this, but I had to make a decision as to which one of my captured friends lived and which one died. That was in the beginning. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Super intense. Um, and then of course her lopping off, I don't think you were here for this, but she actually like used an ax and like just chopped off the head of uh, one of my friends, in which case she like picks up the head and she's like, 
like acting like it's kissing me and like talk. I mean, but it, one of the things I found myself thinking about was just the fact that games have um, gotten more sophisticated graphically and more mature in the, in the sense that it's no longer something that is as cartoony as they once were. And as a result, it's really haunting to see some of those types of cinematics where you're just like, man, this is, this is getting pretty realistic. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, it's making me feel kind of uncomfortable. And here I'm, I'm saying that as, as a 38 year old man. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's, it's pretty crazy to see that. There were also other sequences too, where um, later on in the game, you get, you, of course, you know, you get, you get captured by the Nazis and, and you're in this kind of um, interrogation room or whatever. And, you hear some some shouting going on outside of the room, and this guy comes in, and and he's one of your guys that that is fighting in the resistance, and he's uh, posing as your your lawyer, your I, your attorney. I remember this. And were you there for, for that sequence, Russ? Man, I, I, if I have a dime for every time you told me that, <laughs> yes, I was there. Okay, well, I was, it just goes to show just exactly uh, how oh. intense I was into this game. Steve, were you here on that one podcast? Uh, or was I just <laughs> talking to myself? I'm gonna start taking selfies of us and post. You them on should Patreon or Facebook or something, so people know that I actually was here. Yeah, maybe, you know, and, you, I, and then I can show you. I can remind you. Yeah, Russ, look at the at the at the podcast. You can even do video footage as well. Hey. Maybe, maybe in my defense however you tend to leave the room quite a bit whether it's your girlfriend <laughs> calling you or you have to go to the bathroom or whatever so i don't even know where you are anyway well if it ever came as a doubt in your mind that I, that if if i was not in line with you when we were picking up the snes classic i do have a video of that <laughs> <laughs> yes this i remember this i remember okay it's, it's actually you know you should look at this as a positive steve because that just means that we could have the same conversation over and over again. And to me, it'd be brand new. It'd be like, man, we landed on the moon. Oh, sweet. (laughs) Anyhow. Anyway. Yeah. So back to the story at hand. So we see this guy come in and uh, he's saying, Hey, we're going to bust you out. It's going to be great. And, and so I'm thinking to myself, Oh, okay. Well, this sounds like kind of a dicey situation. I guess I'm going to be like running and gunning, blasting my way through, whatever kind of um, intense security prison or whatever it is that, I, that I'm in uh, <laughs> detention block. But um, you know, as, as the, the plan un- unravels where he says, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to smash up my face and where he like conks his nose, which was actually pretty funny. Uh, get, you know, causing himself to get a, kind of a bloody faced mess and then calling for the guard to come in. You soon realize that, the uh, the Nazis were in on it the whole time. They actually let this guy in, thinking that that he had fooled them and given you false hope. And then, as he's about to to spring you loose, then you have the Nazi general come back in and completely cap him, come over to you and put a, a bag over your your head. And as a result, like you don't know how much time has gone by, but then all of a sudden the the bag comes off your head and you're being paraded out in front of where Washington, where the Washington Monument and the, the Lincoln Memorial are located. And I know for a fact that you were not in yeah, here for no, this. I came in right after this. Yeah, you're like, yeah. dude! It was, which is really kind of weird to think about because like you were gone, like you were here for the initial parts of things. And then like, like both times that people lose their heads, you were gone. Yeah, no. It's just <laughs> it's kind of bizarre. But anyway, I, I must have lost my head. I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, this is something that I also found to be, I mean, as if that, that other um, decapitation sequence wasn't disturbing enough. In this one, once again, it's first-person perspective, and you get laid down on your back because you're all tied up and stuff, and, and uh, the Nazi general um, brandishes this sword, and, you know, after giving some sort of hate speech going on, she then turns to you. And, and once again, th- I mean, it, it looks realistic in terms of how you can move the camera as if it's like your head. She she is chopping off your head while you're watching it. And I'm telling you, like, like especially with a lot of something going on in the world today, specifically in the Middle East and whatnot. I mean, it, it really is like unsettling to be, be in that position. But then also, too... What's even more kind of like unsettling, but in a kind of weird way is the fact that like um, the the general throws, you know, she holds your head up and then tosses it over the the ledge, which was going to go down to like this like fiery furnace. But it's it's grabbed. It's picked up by this drone. That's that's where I came in. And that's, I remember that, that. Yeah, that's where you come in. So I'm sitting there like absolutely just like my mouth is a jar on the drool. couch. I'm just yeah. like, what just happened? And Steve comes in. Oh, they got your head. What's hey, what's on? up? <laughs> you want some skittles or something? <laughs> <laughs> but it was, but yeah, and and then this this drone comes over and drops my my now you know, you know severed head into the arms of my my allies, which tells us that they were anticipating that to happen. So even though they had one of their guys go up as my attorney, they were anticipating that that yeah, no, he's probably gonna lose his head, and so let's go ahead and. Uh, Let's wait from down here. They're probably going to throw his yeah. head in the furnace. Like they had the whole entire thing mapped out. So that's kind of like deranged in its own yeah. way. Like, geez, yeah. guys. Um, and then only to later on, like be able to like stick a bunch of tubes into my head to keep my head going and then attach it to some sort of uh, stolen Nazi super soldier, like synthetic body or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and I think that's one of the things about the, the game too, that just really, <laughs> it just keeps you going. Like you're, you're just captivated by the story is the fact that <laughs> some of the, the storytelling is just so edgy and it's, and it, but it's so wacky and zany They they really play into the, it being the sixties. So you have certain characters that are, you know, hallucinating off of psychedelics and just, just like that was funny little guy with a gecko. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Actually, the production value of that was just yeah. amazing with the 2D animation and yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, just, just looking at the motley crew of misfits that comprise this resistance, it was just a wealth of character development that I really appreciated. And I mean, later on, you, you end up going to the planet Venus what in the world? Yeah, like there's some sort of Nazi outpost out there. And again, major spoiler alert, but like you come across Hitler himself. Like they actually modeled Hitler I and mean, it looks legit. It looks like what Adolf probably would look like like 20 years later and it, like when it was in the 1960s. <laughs> it's just, just a, once again, it's just haunting. You're just like, what the heck? Um. And of course, the whole sequence there where like, you know, they, they play into the fact that um, it's largely talked about how um, Hitler was, was very much into cinema. He, he was a big fan of, of just a, just the cinemas in general, and that sort of thing. And so they play off that they play off that, excuse me, in the game where he's living on this outpost in Venus 
And so they have actors that are flown out there <laughs> to like portray this character known as Blaskovitz because they think Blaskovitz is dead since oh, they chopped off his wow. head. So they're going to they're going to make this movie that like puts him in a bad light. And so you go as one of the the the, the actors the actors who are going to be doing a tryout. <laughs> and I mean, it's just the funniest thing where like, like, like certain actors who are trying stuff, if Hitler doesn't like him, he just shoots him right there and kills him in front of you. You're like, Oh my gosh, what the heck? And there's this hilarious scene where we're like, this woman tells you your lines and you try to write them down on your hand, but you get so nervous because Hitler is shooting other people that your hands get sweaty. And so then your writing's all smeared on your oh hand. Like, my oh my goodness. What the heck did I just, oh, what are my lines? And so then you have to actually think because, um, you know, the woman told you your lines ahead of time. So it's a fun gameplay test, so to speak, which I did pass my first time. Mm, congratulations. Anyway, crazy amounts of stuff like that going on. I mean, you know, um, backtracking a bit to like that, that courtroom scene, which was, again, that was the second hardest part of the entire game. I'm like, how on earth am I going to pass this? And once again, obscenities were running amok from uh, <laughs> my walls mouth. were dripping. <laughs> it was, it was, it was ridiculous. But um, I got to tell you though, uh, the end of the game, just because I have a feeling you will play it. So I won't go into total amount of detail Thank about you. it, but ending is extremely gratifying. And I can imagine it's, I mean, nowhere near as hard as um, these two other sequences throughout the entire game. But man, I just, I, I'm totally monologuing here, but but um, let me kick it over to you in terms of with what you saw me play and as well as your own experiences. What did you think of the game? I, I, I There has to be some place to turn on the vibration of the controller when you get hit. There has to be something we overlooked. I mean, come on. No, I've heard other people talk about it too. Unbelievable. I think, and actually, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it's worth... Um, talking to Bethesda or machine games. If you're listening to this podcast and I think we should also hit them up on, on Twitter and Facebook is, is just, we, we definitely would love to see a patch some, some sort of update that you can send out to everybody where you kind of improve a bit of the damage indicator because like just, just to Steve's point, there were so many times where I would be getting damaged or I would just straight up die. And I would never even know or realize that I was taking hits until it was too late. Like, like there'd be times where I would kind of see the red damage indicator on screen, but there, I think that, that there needs to be more of an aggressive use of the vibration feature within the controller itself to let us know just, Hey, we're, we're taking on damage and maybe even do like a directional vibrate <laughs> to let us know what's going on. Hey, you're about to die. Do something about it. <laughs> yeah. I like how Blaskowitz... Blaskowitz? That's right. Hey, I was paying attention. <laughs> I like how throughout the game, at least the parts that I saw, where you're transitioning through the level, he will do some inner monologue. About, oh, yeah. I think that was that was pretty rich. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, brings you into that that character, his thoughts. A lot of these games, you, you play it and you know the story, but you know the character's thinking something because you'd be thinking something at that exact moment. Yeah, exposition yeah. told through a first-person narrative. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I do like how they had this hodgepodge of characters like you were talking about a little bit earlier uh, because it, 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 if you imagine this playing out, 
everybody would be putting aside their petty differences and political views and discrepancies, and they would be finding ways to work together to uh, resist what was happening. Mm-hmm. You know, they got the friggin' KKK up there walking the streets, just you know, having a good old time with the Nazis. Oh my goodness. So uh, I, I do have a um, a critique of that particular part. Oh. If you don't mind me interjecting. Oh, interject, right? <clears throat> so that particular part of the game takes place in New Mexico. And they're having a parade of sorts. And it's just like, it's, it's like a local parade. It's not like some huge convention of folks coming from all over the country to go. Ch- I mean, it's literally like a hometown parade. And so when you're listening to these, these KKK members talking to the, um, this Nazi soldier, they sound like they're from like Mississippi or Alabama or something like they, they have the like, well, I'm not too sure about that. I'm like, okay, look. New Mexico. I, I know people from New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. They do not have the same accent. Just, uh, you know, food for thought. Anyway, go ahead. Details, Ross. Details. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyhow, so I loved all the characters that were, were part of your team, but I especially like the uh, the scientist, the, the Jewish scientist. Oh, he was awesome. He yeah. was the man. Every time he was on the screen, I don't know. I just wanted to be a part of a, that board meeting when they were deciding who was going to play who and they were writing out these characters' personalities and, and their mannerisms and what they were doing because he was probably the richest person that I saw in the game. You had your 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 baddies and your evil people and you had your dialogue and the main character and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But every time he was on the screen was awesome. Yeah. Uh, anyhow. But with the, the humor too, the see, what I can really appreciate, especially now, now nowadays, is... You know, last episode, was the last episode, we, when, when, when did we review Thor? Was that last episode? No, that was the episode before last uh, episode. Okay, well, I just thought it was yesterday, Rose. Anyway, Ragnarok. <laughs> Ragna Stone. Anyhow, Ragna Kindy Snow. <laughs> Ragna Pebble. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing with me is is I, I really appreciate the original humor and not, not this kind of fluffy, whatever, whatever, whatnot. Mm-hmm. But for example, the scene that you were talking about where they, that drone catches your head, uh-huh. puts it in a jar and everyone's going nuts. Like, Oh, that's right. Then you plug this here, clamp that here, you know? And, and, and that would be a crazy thing to be in. I mean, if you were part of that group and everyone just had the severed head and they're trying to, and then they're, joking about yeah. it and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Anyhow, they put you to your head in the jar and you can still see first person out of there. And then like little cats and stuff are like trying to figure out like, is that is that my owner? Like, is the head just Well, there, and you, you realize know? that that, that little, um, oh, it was like the body of a monkey, but the yeah. head of a cat. <laughs> that was what foreshadowed. That was total foreshadow yeah. as to what would happen to you. Yeah. And again, that's brilliant storytelling. Like you, you don't really see that too often in, in gaming uh, storylines. Like, like you see that more in movies and that sort of thing. But it's it's kind of rare to see that. And so, I mean, that once again, it's 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 totally disturbing and unsettling. But at the same time, you're like, gosh, this is so original. Like, yeah, I gotta is, keep yeah. playing. Very very original. I is it mature rated or adult rated? Because I think it's mature. Man, I mean, I was. Grand, some of the Grand Theft Autos are rated adult. 
Well, yeah. I know, I mean, but that... I mean, this is like way more intense and deep and dark than Grand Theft Auto is. I don't know, man. Like GTA doesn't really leave a lot to the imagination. Yeah, but it's, I, I don't know. This is way <laughs> more violent. This is almost like psychological, you know, on, on top of the, of the violence. Like it's dark. Yeah, I have a feeling it's 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 rated M for mature. But I mean, if it was AO, I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily be surprised about it. Yeah, no, I definitely would not be. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We're talking. Side note, um, man, working in retail, people would come by Grand Theft Auto knowing that it that it has an adult rating for like their kids that are like nine years old. And I would tell people, look, you understand, this is an adult game. Like, they go, really? Well, what does that mean? I'm thinking, I have to explain it to you. Like, so there's cussing, there's sex, there's nudity, there's uh, drug use, you know, like there's everything in there. Um, And so I I, I have to tell you this before I sell you the game. Uh Oh, Billy. (laughs) I played all the time at Johnny's house. It's okay, Mom. And they would, I'm telling you. Makes you concerned for the future generation of America. No doubt. One of the other things I think is worth mentioning too, I really appreciated the weaponry in the game. Man, like kudos to the weapons team that that went through and made all these different weapons. I personally didn't get, really get a chance to use all of the weapons in the game. I, I kind of gravitated towards certain ones. I really loved the pistol. The pistol was that awesome. Cool. Yeah. The shotgun though was was supremely gratifying. What a great shotgun. The other thing too is that you can upgrade your, your weapons. Yeah, that's something we always were talking about. And I was like, Russ, upgrade your weapons. Russ, Russ, upgrade. And I did. I, eventually, well, I, yeah, I was using eventually it. Eventually you did, but you were like, yeah, I'm going to wait for a while so I can upgrade it like later. I don't know what weapons I'm going to get. So I'm just going to wait. And yeah. So I never saw anything you upgraded at all. And what's interesting too is, okay, so I never came across a sniper rifle. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist in the game, but I never came across one. The other thing is, I've been told that oh. at the beginning, you know, when you're choosing between who lives and who dies, those two friends. So as if that wasn't replayability um, worthy enough to like go back through because, you know, you can choose the other person and then you, you know, have a completely different experience That's what I was wondering, yeah. of your Motley crew as you move forward. Apparently I've heard that you actually get different weapons that you come across based on that other person mm. that you save. Interesting. So again, it's like, oh my gosh, I got to play through this again. And I I don't know this for sure, but um, I don't know if it has like a new game plus mode or something like that where you can retain all your weapons and go through again and get more of the unlocks. So that way you can max out all of your upgrades for all your weapons. But those upgrades really do change up the gameplay mechanics. I mean, it none of them are like these like wasted efforts. It's not like Cuphead where you're playing a game and <laughs> you spend your hard-earned coins on something that really yeah. doesn't do you any favors. Uh, but in this game, oh man, like just so well thought out. And and it does give, it provides a bit more of, of a depth quality to a first-person shooter. You know, if you play something like Halo, Halo, you just pick up weapons and they just work and you use them and that's fine. But in a game like this, there is a bit more choice that's offered to the player, and that's cool because then you you know you have to have consequence that goes along with that. But uh, the, the 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 gun models, the environments, I mean, just just all of the stuff that was that was done was just 
Ugh, triple A. It was so well done. Also, another thing too is I don't know if you saw some of the more of like the the, the Nazi looking mechs toward the the latter half of the game. I saw some that were like charging at you. Maybe. I know you fought one. You yeah. fought one kind of in the middle of the game, and that one was was pretty cool too. But like, there are things that you could do where like like for me personally, I enjoyed sneaking around. I like like yeah, there well, were fun. Kind of had to die like so easy. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Let's be real. But there are people who prefer to go out, you know, guns blazing. Um, but for me, what was fun was that you could really sneak up on just a ton of, of I think, just about any creature with the exception of like a dog. Dogs are, were pretty much impossible for me to be able to sneak up on. However, like the like the lumbering mechs that were going around, I could get behind one of them and I could actually like chop one of their fuel lines. And ah. so then the fuel started to pour out. And then I could wait for them to get like a certain distance from me. And then I could shoot the the fuel and all of a sudden it caught on fire and you see this fire trail go up and cause it to explode. I mean, just really That's interesting. Yeah. Really nice touches out. like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the mechanized, like, I don't know what it is. It's like a mechanized cougar or whatever, but it's it, like the mouth opens and there's a flamethrower inside. Did you ever see one of those? I don't believe I did. Oh, Steve, you're in for a treat. You're going to need to play this game from start to finish because you're, I think you're going to, you're going to walk away with a, <laughs> a slightly disturbed smile. Maybe I'll play that in the beginning of the new year. I'll, I'll, I don't feel like I'm, I should be playing that game over the holidays, but I'll play. Yeah. Uh, bring in the new year, killing some Nazis. <laughs> Get a, but a lump of coal in your stocking. Yeah. Is it Nazis or Snazis? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what other thoughts did you have about the game? Oh, well, that's about all I have, Ross. Actually, to be quite honest, because that's all I saw you play. So, you know, one of the things I really appreciated was the whole like leaning out. Like, you, you could like get behind cover, lean out, lean back in. Also, when you're moving the camera around, there, there had this really nice human esque inertia to it. It wasn't like like it's like a, a linear, just oh, I'm looking left now, I'm looking right. It's like if I looked left or I looked right, there was kind of this. Um, almost like like a slight overcompensation, like how your head kind of you could go left or right. Like there there is a bit of that, um, subtle elasticity, almost if you will, where it's like it's it's not like oh I move and then I instantly you know stop my gaze specifically on this pinpoint of a spot. Like there's kind of like this, I don't know, overlook if you will. Mm. I thought it was cool that they were also able able to to put that into the game. And of course, the sound was lovely. Sound wasn't bad. Uh, I, they they did have some new effects that I wouldn't think they were that was in there. Like with that that laser that melted all the. Oh metal. yeah. At uh -huh. first, I'm like, what is? Why did they choose that sound? And I thought, you know what? If that thing was real, that would probably sound pretty close. There are some other heavy weapons in the game too. Oh, this is another thing too. What, I, I Russ? Almost what? Gosh. So in this game, what's really nice is that it, it doesn't necessarily force you to have to kill every single enemy mm. in an area in order for you to move forward. Granted, yes, there are certain parts in the game that where you have to do that because that's the whole like purpose of that particular part of the game. However, uh, the last, the, at the very last level, 
they um, brought out just everything toward you, including like like these just completely badass. Um, I don't even know what they were like like just just crazy armored super soldiers, whatever they are. And I couldn't pass them. And so I finally, I'm just like, well, I'm just going to bypass this. And I was able to do that. Like mm-hmm. I was able to get through there without having to like hang out and try and, and take out everybody first and was able to make my way up. And it's actually really cool. Making my way up this airship, like just the, the hull of this airship to get to the top. And it was just, I don't know. Like I found myself just really enjoying that because I had the option of either staying around and being able to try and, you know, be the last man standing, or I could just tuck tail and run and be like, eh, screw this. I'm going to go. <laughs> well, I'm out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so things like that are, are certain qualities of the game that I also appreciate. You could tell the game designers just had a lot of novel approaches to just a litany of different things in this, this game. So Highly recommend it. Do not recommend it for little kids because it's definitely uh, yeah. one of the most graphic games I, I have played in recent memory. But give, man, what a ride. Give them nightmares. <laughs> Desensitize. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and subscribe to get the most out of the show. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on soundcloud.com slash joygasm TV. And I think it's worth noting that we do, in fact, have our round two giveaway it's mm. coming up i think it's important to to talk about that really quick um is that next week Ross, that we're giving that away 20 what is what is next saturday well no tomorrow november 20th is the last day to enter round two and that's where we're giving away both a snes classic mini and a snes wireless controller so if you haven't entered yet, you have until the end of tomorrow to do so. To enter, you just go to twitter.com slash TV, where you will see a pinned tweet at the top. What you want to do is retweet that tweet, follow at TV, and subscribe to the Joygasm YouTube channel. The link, by the way, is in the pinned tweet for your convenience for the uh, YouTube portion. You must do all three of those things to be entered into the giveaway. And like I said, tomorrow, November 20th is the last day. So we will announce who the winner is on November 27th. And that's when the next podcast Mm. episode will drop. And if you don't happen to win that time, fear not, ladies and gentlemen, because we have, oh yes, a third round three giveaway to try your luck on that one as well. Coming right up. Is it, really? it is indeed. I mean, we, we're trying to finish out this year with a bang, and I think we're doing just that. What do you think, Steve? Mm, well, I got my Anyway, we will talk to you next time. Until then, keep those guns polished. <laughs> <laughs>